Life Track with Chuck Swindoll is a presentation of Insight for Living Canada. I don't know if you remember, but I remember very well of the birth of our first child. It was September the 4th, 1961, Baylor Hospital on Gaston Avenue in Dallas, about a, about a two-block walk from Dallas Seminary. I was a, a student beginning my third year at seminary in 61, and Cynthia and I uh, were going through all of this for the first time. What an experience. Back then, they didn't let you stay in the birthing room. They, they, as the labor intensified, they escorted you out, uh, and, and the doctor was there, or the nurse attending, took care of things, and then they brought you in or brought the baby out to show you after all of that had happened. Remember? Some of you were old enough to remember when they didn't let you in the, in the birthing room. So I remember uh, trying to act calm and cool. Uh, I walked out in the dad's den and sat down like, it's no big thing. And I picked up a sports section and I noticed the guy next to me kept looking at me. He looked like a sort of a seasoned father had been through this number of times. And he looked at me over the top of his glasses. He said, is this your first? And I said, uh, yeah. Uh, How'd you know? He said, well, your newspaper's upside down, for one thing. <laughs> oh. It's funny, we, uh, even, even with our first, we try to act calm and cool about it, but uh, firstborns are always nervous times. You don't know what to expect. This is the birth of 3,000 babies in, an, in Acts chapter 2. Can you imagine? No one has ever been born into the church before, not until now. So it's a cataclysmic event. So significant is it that it's pegged with a date, according to the early part of chapter 2 of Acts, right away when the day of Pentecost had come. Interesting word, Pentecost. When you read your Bible and you come to a word you don't understand, don't just read on. You need to own a Bible dictionary. That's one good tool. Choose whichever one your bookstore manager suggests. Just go to a Christian bookstore and say, I need a good, thorough, serious Bible dictionary. If you don't have one in your library, you're not prepared to do any kind of serious Bible study. So that's plan A. Next, you need a, you need a good concordance which is an alphabetical listing of all the words in the Bible. You want to buy an exhaustive, not exhausting, but an exhaustive concordance. That's one that lists every word mentioned every time in the English Bible. If you don't have one of those, you're not prepared to do serious Bible study. You'll always have to rely on somebody else to guide you through when you really ought to be preparing your own meals as far along as you are in the Christian life. Studying a Bible passage involves writing down your observations, your understanding of what the passage is teaching, and your ideas for applying the truths to your life. 
It's helpful when you study to consult biblical resources like a commentary, concordance, and Bible dictionary. But these are meant to get you into the text for yourself. Relying solely on others to provide your spiritual nourishment makes it difficult to mature in your faith. The Word of God is more valuable and powerful than any treasures the world can offer, and a committed study of it takes effort. But it's essential if you want to take a stand for truth in this disoriented world. This is Steve Johnson of Insight for Living Canada. Listen to more of Chuck Swindoll's Lifetrack messages at lifetrack.ca. Lifetrack, where life and truth meet.